Hello, I'm Lori Crow, licensed massage therapist, certified Reiki master teacher, certified life and wellness coach, registered yoga instructor, and student of science pursuing a doctorate in neuroscience. Come journey with me. This podcast is all about the mind-body, integrating holistic practices and scientific information to give you various perspectives on mind-body healing. I will share anecdotal experiences with anxiety and depression, as well as information grounded in science. Remember, you are the navigator of your life, and you are your own healer. Some housekeeping and disclaimers before we begin. Encourage self-exploration and self-reflection, so I recommend having a journal or a notebook handy. I also want to frame my episodes around your questions and stories. So if you have something to share regarding the subjects that make up this podcast, please email me at healingcompasspodcast at gmail.com. You can be kept anonymous, so just let me know. Keep in mind that I am not a doctor or a therapist. You can also find me on Twitter and TikTok. The handle is Sway Narrow-Minded. This will be in the text of my podcast, so you can refer to it, as well as my link tree. Also, be sure to subscribe to my podcast so that you can stay informed of new episodes. If you are a holistic practitioner, mental health professional, or neuroscience professional yourself, let's team up. Let me know if you would like to be a part of an episode. I encourage collaboration and hearing different experiences and perspectives. If you feel suicidal or are having difficulties with daily functions and activities, please seek help immediately. There are resources out there and people who care. Please check my link tree, which is referenced in each episode, for links and phone numbers to helplines and professional help, as well as reference sources from my episodes. Keep in mind that healing journeys require some discomfort, and that's okay to step out of your comfort zone, but you are in control, and you can go at your own pace. Let's do some exploring, shall we? So I'm going to share with you some of my favorite books that I've read over the years from the age of 20 to now, 22 years later, and I've found them to be very inspirational, very helpful, very eye-opening, and have given me a good nudge uh, seeing things in a different perspective and being able to do self-reflection. And I'm a huge fan of workbooks and journaling, as a lot of my clients know. And so these books definitely allow for this, whether they be workbooks themselves or they give you that nudge uh, in order to do so. And some of these books are kind of in your face and have very direct titles. So just to let you know, there are going to be some swear words in uh, the titles of the books that I share. And some are better listened to via audiobook, and I will share why. So I'm just going to give you a few here, and they're going to be in chronological order uh, based on published date. So I will share the author, the published date, uh, some information about that book, and maybe some excerpts here and there. So I'm gonna start with the first one. This is called The Architecture of All Abundance by Lenedra J. Carroll. And the published date is 2001. 
Now, Lenadra J. Carroll, many people are not aware of, is Jewel's mother. So the artist, the uh, singer Jewel, this is her mother, and she used to be uh, Jewel's manager. But she published a book that I landed upon when I was really engrossed in, in Jewel, and I still love Jewel, but uh, back in the day when Jewel was, was ri a rising star, uh, I learned about this book and I learned about Lenadra and her very spiritual take on the world and life. And uh, the, the subtitle of this book is Creating a Successful Life in a Material World. And so she lays out seven foundations of abundance, and those are the architecture of a life, the architecture of stillness, the architecture of prosperity, the architecture of the workplace, the architecture of health, the architecture of love, and the architecture of the soul. And it reminds me of the correlations of the chakras a bit. And I just want to share just a little bit of a taste of, of what she is speaking of. Here's an excerpt from her book. Uh, she says, There is something that we must combine with our action, with our doing. It is our being. We are human beings. How did we get that name? It expresses our most fundamental nature. We have become so focused on the world of doing that we have lost sight of it. I suggest the necessary world changes will never happen without the being part. I even go so far as to suggest that we could all start being and give up the doing entirely. Just pack up all that effort and go home and play and have a better chance of extraordinary results. And here's a quote that she gave on the same page, page 146. The opportunity of our times is for each one of us to understand at a very personal level that we can have a profound impact on the world in which we live. The greatest possibilities for global transformation exist in the fabric of our individual lives. If we can learn to become our prayers and hopes, expressing them in our daily interactions, then together we can create a more peaceful and loving world. And this speaks volumes for me and what I pr try to practice and what I teach uh, my clients is that if we want to see change in the world, we need to stop pointing fingers externally. We need to stop arguing. We need to stop complaining and look within and figure out what we need to do to put out there. Like, what can we put out there? What can we re reflect into the world um, in order to bring that change? You know, be the change that we want to see in the world. And that's the exact message that uh, Lenadra is, is coming across uh, with this book in those different aspects and those different architect architectures of abundance. Um, so it's a great read, an easy read. She shares wonderful stories um, from her childhood and, and growing up and even being uh, Jules' manager. And uh, there's this one 
piece of this book that I've always that I've always um, held on to, and is this observation that she made one time when she was flying over uh, a body of water, and what she noticed is that there was this big white blob in the water, and she's like, "What is that?" And as they lowered and got closer to the water, she realized that they were it was jellyfish. It was all these individual jellyfish grouped together that at afar looks like one big jellyfish, one big mass, one big white round circle. And the message of this is going that it is good for us to be able to zoom out and see the large pictures, to see things on a larger scale of how what we do impacts and has a ripple effect on everything around us, but that we do need to zoom in and look at the individual pieces and those individual pieces being ourselves. So I really, really enjoy this book. It's an easy read. Uh, so The Architecture of All Abundance by Lenadra J. Carroll, published in 2001. You might hear my dog snoring in the back. <laughs> At least she's snoring. Uh, the next one, uh, you may have heard of this. This is a very popular book. It's called The Four Agreements. And this is published by Don Miguel Rees uh, in 1997. And I'm going to be very brief with this one because there's so much to it and so much I want to share, but it's such an easy read and it's one of those that is easy to reread and I suggest rereading it too because of what it's about. So we have these self-limiting agreements or programmed thoughts that we have been bred into, that we were born and raised into it, from our parents to society. And they're so harming. They are so self-limiting and self-sabotaging. We're so used to telling ourselves that we can't do something. We're It's so easy for us to give ourselves these excuses that we're not good enough. And so it's a matter of reprogramming our minds. And so he's explaining how to deprogram or reprogram with new agreements and there's four agreements that we need to retrain our our minds with and those four agreements are be impeccable with your word don't take anything personally don't make assumptions and always do your best and to kind of sum up without even looking at an excerpt of one of these agreements, always do your best. Here's an example. You know that if you are not feeling good, if you are upset, if you are running low on energy, if you have a lot on your plate, that is going to affect your best. And so even if you're tired, even if you're sick, even if you're not in the best of moods, even if you're busy, even if you're stressed, always do your best. And your best is going to be different 
in those different moments. So of course, we, we will have those moments of being sick, of being tired, of being busy, of being overwhelmed, of being stressed, of being angry and frustrated or sad. And so we still have to learn how to do our best and put our best foot forward in those uh, different situations. So it is a matter of effort of always doing your best no matter the circumstance. Um, and these can sound really hard. You know, don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions. Being impeccable with your word. Those are hard. Those are harder than they sound. But again, reading this book, it's so simple to read. And it is so just laid out very simply. It really does help to be able to kind of start to change that transformation of our mindset by rereading this book. Because like I said, you could probably read this book in a matter of a two or three days, depending on how much time you have, and then just pick it back up and reread it from the beginning. It could even be helpful too if you're better at auditory to listen to the book. But maybe uh, I hear a lot of people when you really want to soak something in, when you really want to have so something set in, is read it and listen to it as you read it. And that can really help put everything together and just have things stick. So that's an idea that you can do for that book. Um, it does have some uh, types of exercises uh, that you can do in that book that are very helpful. All right, so the next one is, I know what to do, so why don't I do it? <laughs> and this is by Nick Hall, PhD. Uh, this was published in 2006. And it kind of trails behind the four agreements as far as these excuses or these, these agreements that we've made for ourselves. We tend to make these excuses such as, I'm too stressed out, I'm too emotional, this is the way I am or will always be. I'm too sick. I don't have the energy. I don't have time. These are all excuses that we always make for ourselves. And so he gives suggestions on how to work through these excuses and overcome these excuses. So there are exercises, fill in the blank, uh, kind of like worksheets that you can take out of this and journal. And that can be really he helpful. Um, it is actually a very, very helpful read. It's very, very easy. Um, and so it's a really good one to say, uh, to go through. Um, it, it may be a very helpful one if you are not fond of, uh, more of the in your face type books that I'm going to be sharing here in a minute. So this one could be very beneficial. The next one is called when panic attacks a drug-free anxiety therapy that can change your life. And so if you have anxiety, this would be a, a well-recommended book. This is by David D. Burns, MD, and published in 2006. He also has um, a good best-selling book called Feeling Good, The New Mood Therapy. Uh, so they might go hand in hand. Um, so this book is definitely a workbook. It's going to have some work uh, worksheets in there and some exercises in here for you. And it's based on the CBT or Cognitive Behavioral Therapy approach. Uh, there are going to be guideline questions to help 
you understand your anxiety better in order to work through it. So basically, what is your anxiety? What habits do you have with your anxiety? Where is this anxiety coming from? Um, and so, and then how to work through this uh, particular anxiety because there are different types of anxiety and, and stemming from different things. And so there are going to be different uh, CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy techniques that you can refer to in this book uh, to use in your own way, in your own time. So a wonderful, wonderful resource. All right, here we go. We're going to have some fun here. Uh, the next book was recommended by uh, my partner. Uh, he told me it's a really easy book and it is kind of like in your face uh, kind of book. Uh, but very, very unique. It's a very unique approach. Uh, it is called The Subtle Art of Not Giving A, and then fill in the blank here. You're usually going to see, if you see the book title, you will see um, symbols in place of the letters of this word. But I will give you a clue. The word starts with an F, and it's four letters. <laughs> so The Subtle Art of Not Giving A, yeah. And so it is a counterintuitive approach to living a good life. And this is published by Mark Manson in 2016. It is a great 21st century self-help guide. So it is very modern, uh, modern approach. And Manson is a very popular blogger. So he actually does not have a degree, so to speak, as far as like uh, psychology goes. Uh, but he uses uh, thorough research along with personal stories that he shares. And of course, jokes to keep it lighthearted to help the reader realize how much they think about uh, worry about, argue about, stress about is really not worth giving a you-know-what about. And it's basically figuring out when and where to give your care and attention and using your you-know-what, your fucks, when it serves you well. Like not trying. Such a, you know, the Yoda do or do not. There is no try. Um, and then, of course, learning when to say no so that you are not depleting your energy and becoming burnout. So understanding where to place these fucks, so to speak. It is a very easy and a fun read and it's probably one of those books that will go great either way, audiobook or reading or together. And you can probably read through it uh, really quickly and then pick it up again and reread it because it is one of those books that are going to have some great insight, uh, some great pointers to kind of help um, set in some different perspectives for you and to get your mindset shifting. So it would be really easy for you to pick up this book and reread it as well or listen to as well. Okay, the next one is called The Body Keeps the Score, Brain, Mind, and Body in the Healing of Trauma. So this is obviously trauma-intensive. It has to do with uh, types of trauma. Uh, it is published by Bessel van der Kolk uh, of 2014. Uh, van der Kolk is an American psychiatrist. And I will forewarn you that it is a bit of a heavy read or a listen. Not, not super long, but 
it can be. It might be one of those books or audiobooks that you need to sit down and just take your time with it. Um, because again, um, it can have some scientific lingo in there. Um, but he explains it very well for any reader to understand. Uh, and then some stories are going to be a bit intense uh, to hear or read due to the types of uh, sexual trauma for both men and women. And uh, he explains the physiological connections to trauma and how our bodies do hold memories uh, with trauma being those deep emotional scars that cause a disruption in the mind and the body function, which can lead to, um, you know, misfirings in the brain and, and different chemical shifts, uh, as well as body function, uh, pain or digestive issues and all kinds of things. Um, there is a workbook that does go along with this book. So if this is something that you are wanting to work through for yourself, um, just be prepared. There's a lot of um, insightful uh, information in here. But again, some of the some of the stories can be pretty intense. Um, one of these things that you, you definitely want to take your time with. Definitely want to take your time with. But it is really, really good. Um, one of my favorite books because of that mind-body connection. And lastly, but not least, there's several books by a gentleman named Gary John Bishop, dating from 2016 to now. And here's where I'm just going to go ahead and allow myself to curse a little bit. These book titles, uh, typically you will see with the symbols uh, to portray what the word should be. <laughs> so in 2016, he put out a book called Unfuck Yourself. And he does have um, another book that is a good sidekick, he says, to the Unfuck Yourself uh, book. Uh, it's called Do the Work, which was published in 2019. And it's more of the workbook that goes along with Unfuck Yourself. And then he published Stop Doing That Shit in 2019 and also Wise As Fuck in 2020. Uh, so I've really enjoyed Stop Doing That Shit. Uh, that one is probably my favorite out of what he's written. And I have to suggest, because listen up, Gary John Bishop He's a personal development expert from Glasgow, Scotland. Okay, so when I say Scotland, you're probably thinking Scottish accent. Uh-huh, Scottish accents can be a little on the harsh side, right? So this is where I say, listen to the audiobook if you can, because it will be he himself reading this book, and it will really help. <laughs> <laughs> because hearing a Scottish, somebody in a Scottish accent trying to tell you to knock it off and get your sh shit together can be very helpful. We, we need that kind of boot camp talk, so to speak. <laughs> so I definitely suggest listening to the audiobooks of these if you can. So 
basically it's those excuses again, those excuses that we make for ourselves, um, trying to work through those and overcome those and replace them. So he gets to the point, he does give compassion. He does provide understanding and compassion and empathy uh, with his words, but he does give tough love and he is a straight shooter and he says things that are pretty much going to set you in your place and get you to think about some hard self-realizations. Um, one of my favorite pieces in the book, Stop Doing That Shit, was talking about goal setting. And it's really interesting because it made me realize that I am a unique goal setter. I've never been a fan of goal setting uh, in the typical standard way, those SMART goals, if you've heard of those, where you write the goal and the goal has a deadline of you know whatever it may be and then you have to write steps to get to those goals well he puts it in a different perspective and he said what can happen along the way if you set your goals that way to where your goal is out here with a deadline out in the future is that along the way with these steps it's easier to give yourself room to make excuses for yourself so instead of putting your goal as if it were way out there is to act as if the goal is already in existence like the goal has already been reached for yourself but now all you need to do is just work out the kinks and imperfections. So an example of this he gave was, let's say that there's a cell phone company that is creating a new device. What they do in order to make this de device come to life and, and actually uh, become, uh, become something that is going to be successful is they pretend as if this device is already in existence and that they just have to look at it from different angles to figure out what just needs to be adjusted and to work out those kinks and imperfections. And I thought about this going, I do this. I do this the way I want to. And this is me because I guess I'm just kind of that hard-headed, um, impatient person <laughs> is that uh, I basically look at when I want something, I'm just going to do it and I'm just going to get it. And without, I don't want to say without planning, I don't want to say planning, but at the same time, I just kind of put my foot forward and just go for it and then I will figure it out along the way. And so I do that. I've done that with my business. I'm doing that with school. I'm, I'm, I really find a way to put myself in that goal first and just work out the kinks as I go. And guess what? There will be mistakes. There will be, um, you know, I will fail. There will be things that I do that I go, oops, you know, I probably shouldn't have done that. Or here's a better way that I can do it next time. But you know what? Life has, it, life contains failure. And people are so hard on themselves when it comes to failure. And a lot of people are afraid of failure. And that's why they don't take that jump. They are afraid of change. They are afraid of failing. And so they don't take that initiative to change their life, whether that be change their job, have a family, go back to school, um, you know, we always make excuses for ourselves because we're afraid of that change and we're afraid of failing. Well, guess what? Some of the best successful people out there have failed time and time again, but now they're very successful. And 
it is due to their different mindset of just finding ways to just go ahead and follow through with that goal and 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 um and not allow those excuses to get in the way and hinder them so that goal setting perspective that Gary John Bishop gives in his book stop doing that shit was so eye-opening for me and that is definitely something that I love telling my clients when they are looking for that kind of future goal setting no don't think of it as if it's in the future because that's going to allow you that room to make excuses for yourselves and not do it so just do it now find a way for it to manifest now Um, and it can be done in different ways even if you can't change your job tomorrow even if you can't um, have a family right now even if you can't you know do this or do this quite yet Find ways to bring it to fruition, whether it be that you're reading about it and studying about it, that you are gathering information and researching, uh, that you are uh, gathering even items that you need, supplies that you need to follow through with this. Whatever it may be, find things that you can do to start putting it in motion now and find ways to just work out the kinks as you go. Because honestly, I really feel that if you just go ahead and put yourself moving in that direction, that those failures won't be as major, I guess, or so much of a setback. But all of these books, all of these books in general really speak to somebody saying that we make excuses for ourselves and we hold on to too much. (laughs) That's, That's basically the bottom line is we do. We really hold on to too much and we've got to learn how to let things go that don't serve us, um, that are weighing us down and, um, we're the only ones that get in our own way. So remember that. (laughs) So again, these are just some of the books that I wanted to share with you. And if you really want something to grab you, you know, tune into the audiobooks or listen to the audiobook as you read it to have it soak in more. Reread the book, re-listen to the book. Um, but all of these are very helpful. Uh, if uh, you missed any of what I said, of course, you can re-listen to what I just said. And of course, I will be providing uh, these books and the information of these books in the text of this podcast episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be well. Mm-hmm.